You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. Network is Eugene Boyce, the CEO of the Cape Town Stock Exchange. That must sound very good, Mr. Boyson, CEO of the Cape Town Stock Exchange. This has been some time in the making, hasn't it? It has. Um, we put it, you know, started with 4AX in November 2019. We put a plan in place to work on our operations, work on our technology, um, deliver a platform that spanned the full scope of investment, investment banking services. Um, but we, we knew all along we're going to need a brand to launch this on. We're going to need something that differentiates us from the rest of the marketplace. Everyone picked the, the X's. We had 4AX, we had Altex, we had Zarex, we had um, A2X. Um, it was time. And the mother city it just seemed like the seemed like the right decision. Um, we did a little bit of work around the heuristics, a little bit of heuristic analysis. And if you look at exchanges globally, um, almost all of them are based after after the city they're in or the country they're in. There are nationalistic tendencies that play out, and the Cape Town Stock Exchange has an awesome ring to it. So, um, looking forward to what it means. Looking forward to being residing at the bottom of the mountain. And um, yeah, looking forward to growing out this this marketplace. And the ambition is big. The Nasdaq of Africa is what is being touted. I mean, you are going to open up to the African continent, and this is in the small, medium, and large business space, Eugene. So, if I I don't care if you're based in Cape Town, if you're based in Cornelia, or if you're based in Cairo, we're looking to target you for a listing. Our focus area is largely around um, SMEs, mid-cap, small-cap stocks, 25 million to 2 billion market cap. Why are we going after that sector? We think it's a sector that's undercovered. We don't think people have a good enough proposition to attract them into exchanges. Exchanges are, ex- are expensive. It's difficult on the governance. It's difficult on the transparency. It's difficult on the ongoing requirements. We've got the solutions to handhold you through that. Um, that's the growth sector of the economy. That's the economy that's going to generate jobs over the next 10 years. Um, those are the businesses we want to target. They're interesting businesses. They're small business, family run. Some of them are the entrepreneurs that are going to make a difference five years from now. Um, that's that's our target set. That's who we're looking to target. Hi, Lindsay. And Eugene, yeah, Eugene. just excuse the tardiness of my co-host here who comes into the show late and then knocks his mic and doesn't what on earth is going on there we're mid we're mid flow in an interview with the ceo of the cape town stock exchange lindsay do you know that you are now interrupting the flow but i hope that you've got a worthwhile question considering your your rude interruption um well actually eugene if i could just talk to you uh, during the rest of this interview because obviously uh, bronwyn is, is very agitated but I did have to conduct another interview, which I do every night at five o'clock. I did, did, did tell Bronwyn I might be late. Why do you think you can succeed where others have failed? Because although the JSE is a monopoly, and it's the FTSE JSE, let's not forget, so you're going up against a, a, a mighty organization which has enjoyed this monopolistic, um, this monopolistic service for so long. Why do you think you can do it? Because I don't know. It's been a failure before. I'd like to take an easy answer and just say the rise of the micronational, but I, it's it's not that easy. And I I think too often the the comparisons are towards towards the underlying JSC. I don't think you you go in and disrupt businesses or disrupt business models by by looking at a competitor. 
Uh, we've looked at the market space. We've looked at the underlying issues. We looked at investors. We looked at our brokers operate. Uh, we think we've made different decisions in terms of what it means to, to list your equity, to list your debt. Uh, we were very careful about getting both a listed equity and debt license, which matches what the JSC, what the JSC does and what they have in their, in their toolbox of, of products. But we've looked at the proposition and said, you know what, listing's not just about getting raising your underlying capital. It's not just about raising your underlying funding. Um, the real costs, the real risk, the real complexity that comes with the listing is actually what happens after you've listed. Uh, it's how you're managing your disclosures, how you're managing your transparency, how you're managing your shareholders, how you're managing your transfer secretarial. It's virtual AGMs. All of these are hidden costs that hit the underlying small cap, mid cap stock when they're looking to, to list. We're also looking to go after that sector where I don't think the JSC sufficiently covered the market. Um, we see that that mid-cap stock in SA sitting in the region of a two trillion sector. About 15% of those companies are, are listed on the JSC. So we think there's a blue sky opportunity that that no one's looking at. Um, I I don't want to talk to the JSC. But just before you go on, Eugene, do you think then that you you can attract you can attract um, small businesses i mean you're not the silicon i mean cape town is not silicon valley by any means but on the other hand there are people that will say well, where do i go from here and maybe they get encouraged by the fact that you would uh, embrace them as a listing on the uh, cape town stock exchange and therefore take it from there if you see what i mean because maybe the jsc is too daunting and too big for these smaller businesses so i mean we maybe it'd be a 50 cent company with a with an ipo at 50 75 one rand whatever it is and attract some capital uh, which is so lacking on the the larger exchange that we've been speaking about the time of complexity is a, is an important decision when you're a small business you don't have the luxury of long lead times in terms of getting your your issue off the ground but you also want to feel valued. You want to feel valued as that small business, 15 to 2 billion in terms of market cap. That's the sector of the economy for too long. I think we've undervalued them. I think they're underexposed in terms of analyst coverage. I think they're underrepresented in portfolio assets. And I think that portion of the economy, if you look up at the makeup of the JSC, the makeup of the JSC in terms of its indices, um, I don't think it's too large a local flavor that makes up the bulk of those indices, right? So when you are investing in a large JSC index, you're probably not investing 100% in, in South Africa Inc. You're probably investing in 50% of its offshore, a uh, large component of those earnings are offshore. How do we get that directed expenditure from um, asset managers, retirement schemes, that they are going and directing towards the growth engine in the economy? Um, the only way we're able to do that, we need to get those securities eligible for a listing, those companies eligible for a listing and that they can make up a component of our underlying retirement fund and investment community. So we think we've got the we've got the model to do it. And it really is. It's about reducing that complexity, creating a friendly environment for them to enlisting, having a, a, a issue a friendly set of investment rules and investor friendly set of listing rules. And then having the mechanisms that you can you can list, that you have the structures that you can list, that you do cater for for startups, pre-money. Um, venture capital. So um, we've got those mechanisms in place and um, we're able to do it for a significantly lower notional at a commercial viability. Well, you, Eugene, I want to jump in here on, having come from an investor relations background, that reduction of complexity. Talk to me about how exactly you're going to do that. I'm assuming that digitization is going to be a very significant underpin to the Cape Town Stock Exchange. 
So that's correct. We've got a we've got a a background which is digitized, democratized, demonetized, and that's why we go the the digital route. So we took a little we took a really interesting route in terms of figuring out how do you bring someone to a digital direct listing? How do you get someone to list their company? Maybe that there's not even the requirement for a personal interaction in terms of doing it. So how do we how do we solve the problem? We we launched a company in February 2020. It was debt services company. We specifically took the conundrum and said, could we get a company with a, a fairly small market capitalization and could we raise debt for that underlying company in the region of 10 to 100 million? And the reason we did it is we said, right, the corporate treasurer, corporate treasurer can log onto our platform. They can take their business through an entire scoring model. We'll behaviorally score their directors. We'll behaviorally score the company. We'll take them through to a full full Moody's um, rating on the underlying company. And more importantly, we'll do validation and checks related back to the company, income statements, financial ratios, et cetera. And we'd be able to have the auditors to come in and do a validation on the information that's put up. And we'd be able to prepare this company that we could take their debt to the marketplace and a set of investors could look at it and say, am I prepared to make a, a commercial investment into the debt of this company? We did, we did 500 million um, of unlisted debt in this marketplace on the basis of that principle. But we did it to solve a deeper problem, which is if we could get an unlisted company's debt to the marketplace, we could definitely use that same process to get someone into the listed space, into the market. And that's what Cape Town Stock Exchange Capital Solutions is going to do on the forward. And we can get you a digital direct listing of your company in that space. And that's how we're able to reduce the cost. We were able to do that because we own the technology that underpins our, our platform. Um, so, so that's it. It's a largely an intelligence, digital-driven process that we are able to do. And that same process allows us to handhold issuer agents or your traditional JSC sponsors that they are able to talk. Because this is another problem. People don't think it's expensive to get a listing. Any of the JSC sponsors, any of our issuer agents, if you want to list a company, it's pretty hard to go out and raise capital for very small amounts and make it economically feasible for you to do it yourself. But now it's having this digital process where they're able to screen, validate their clients. It reduces the cost for them as well and gives them the ability to bring um, companies with a smaller market capitalization to the marketplace. Seems to me it's a chicken and egg situation. You've got a company, you can't go to the JSC. It's, as I said before, it's too daunting. You have to fly up there and you go through these these hallowed halls and you, you feel a little bit intimidated because you're only a small company. And now the Cape Town Stock Exchange comes along and it's probably nimbler and more friendly and uh, easier to manage. Uh, but when when you go out there and when you, you've obviously done your homework, do you see untapped potential? whether it be in Cape Town or the rest of, of South Africa, do you see untapped potential for companies that could list at, I don't know, one rand or one rand 50? I mean, look at Dimension Data. That went that went through the roof. Look at Cash Build. Came on at one, one rand 50. And I don't know where it is now, 200, 200 plus. Do you see that type of potential for this country? Because that's what we need. Uh, so, Linda, you hit the nail on the head. I think that's precisely the problem, that there is this untapped potential out there. You know, you bring a 250 billion company with a market cap to the market. I, I, I'm going to be loath to say you're going to see the company grow at 20, 30, 40, 50% a year. It's really tough. You bring in companies in the growth sector, 100 million to 2 billion market cap. Those are the companies that are probably ready for, ready for gearing, already for underlying growth curves. If you can provide them with the capital to drive underlying innovation, manufacturing, uh, skills development, staff growth, you 
probably are going to get them on that pickup point where they're able to go through these exponential growth curves. But more importantly for me, we are seeing it in terms of that underlying growth dynamic. We speak a lot to the food security companies, um, the, the cooperatives. Um, we're seeing huge over outperformance in terms of how those underlying businesses are doing currently. Commodity prices been on the upswing, specifically around soft commodity prices. Um, all of those sectors are largely undercovered in, in terms of the JSC as it stands now. We're also seeing quite a significant amount of companies in biotech, um, food tech. But when you're a 25 million company, no one's covering you, no analysts see you. You're probably driving past them on the highway. Haven't you sometimes wondered some of the newer buildings going up, the, the companies that are sitting within there? Some of the buildings are pretty shiny, they're impressive. But there are entrepreneurs sitting behind that. There are entrepreneurs making a difference. There are entrepreneurs making an inroad. Um, and I, I, the trick is for us to make sure that they get they, they get the right opportunity to participate in terms of that upstream. They get that right opportunity to leverage their company from what's 100 million now to the 2 billion stage and the 20 billion stage. And the only way we're going to be able to do that is to get a proper capital transformation happening within the, in the country. They need to get access to equity. They need to get access to funding. And they need to get access to funding that's lower than what the current bank funding is costing them. I want to understand how you're going to unlock the Africa opportunity. For me, uh, you know, Africa is this untapped potential when it comes to stock exchanges, uh, few and far between. You've got the Nigerian stock exchange, you've got um, the Kenyan stock exchange and the JSE, and then the Rwandan stock exchange that is still in its infancy. I mean, this must be a big opportunity as you sit now in Cape Town, looking at small, medium enterprises across the depth and breadth of Africa. Is it something to get excited about? How are you gonna tap into that potential? So we've got two approaches that we're looking to follow. And the first one I, I, I wanna say is um, not to make the mistake that, that Africa is a country, right? It's, it's, a, it's a lot of little, little countries and you've gotta put them all together if you really wanna grow out that strategy. Um, so we, we've taken two approaches. Number one is we we invested heavily over the last two years, and that's specifically when COVID hit. We realized there was probably going to be a pause. There's probably going to be hard to be external facing, going to be client facing. So we invested heavily in our technology. We invested heavily in our underlying product development. And we, we, we did it for the sole reason we wanted to own our technology. And the reason we did that, we thought it would be a very expensive proposition to try and grow out an exchange through acquisition across the rest of Africa. You know, we have to pay significant multiples to make those investments. And the reality is nationalistic tendencies play out. It's really tough to go in and buy stakes in exchanges. So we felt the, the real opportunity for us was there, there was probably a burgeoning need for um, the software to run exchanges in the rest of Africa. There's a lot of countries in Africa looking to grow out, looking to formalize their capital markets. And could we provide them with the backbone technology across the exchange platform, trade matching engine, registry and governance services and, and debt services and provide that to them at zero capitalized cost upfront. And we, we're interested in largely having a revenue share on a go forward basis and take no equity in the underlying exchange. So that was, the, that, was, that was what we built out and that model we now have primed and ready to go and it's that same technology that drives, will be driving the Cape Town Stock Exchange. And then the second opportunity is if we are successful in terms of growing out Silicon Cape and the attraction of those assets, and those assets do turn out to be attractive for investors, we have no doubt that it becomes attractive for technology-based companies in the rest of Africa to consider Cape Town Stock Exchange as a primary listing for them to raise their capital. 
Um, if we can get international investors looking to Cape Town and looking to the quality of the, the companies we're bringing through, um, that, that makes us an interesting proposition for, for companies in the rest of Africa looking to use us as a, as a primary listing. What has been the reaction from investors, particularly international investors, because there's so much money sloshing around. I mean, you look at your screen now, Eugene, you've got the S&P and the NASDAQ and the Dow close to all-time record highs, and markets across the world going so berserk because of free money. They're always looking, investors that is, looking for diversification, and maybe they can, uh, they can uncover a nugget. And again, it's the chicken and egg situation. They have a look at the Cape Town Stock Exchange, look at this little company that's just down the road that's worth you know, five to 25 million in market capitalization. And suddenly with their support and with your platform, they become something that is worth 250, 500 million. Are you getting a good response from the people you talk to internationally? So, Lindsay, the international build-out slow, right? We first got to create a, um, to, to think we're growing international credence without creating some domestic credence is, is the mistake we don't want to make, right? So, we first got to make ourselves attractive to, to brokers out there. We have to make ourselves attractive to investors within the, the domestic market. That's what creates the attention, creates the concentration, creates the interest in the counters we're bringing through. So we've currently got seven counters on our platform. All of them are all of them are well received. You have to be selective in terms of those companies that come through. You can't you can't present poor companies to to the market and expect an update. They want to know there's a consistent stream of quality coming through. The other thing is um, all the alternative exchanges when they launched made a made a in my view quite a significant strategic mistake. They all launched with a single custodian. They all launched with a, a single broker. Um, you can't create multiple access points for investors if you've got a restricted and a closed market. Uh, we set off over the last year to create what we called an open market philosophy. We've integrated our exchange with all the underlying custodians. And at the end of August, we, we got the approvals around our, our open market. And um, we're now going to go healthfully to aggregate up um, as many brokers as we can. We've got a very clean interface to make it simple for them to interact with the exchange. And it's on that basis that we now grow out the investor side of our equation. The exposure till now has been largely growing out the issuer side. Um, and I think that's ultimately how you end up getting the right level of exposure. It's not just about defining the opportunity for international investors. You have to make the access that simple, that it is simple for them to transact. Talk to me about the timelines as we wrap up this interview. Where do we go from here? So, so we're looking to double our market cap by February 2021 this year. We, we launch our first um, listed debt the first week in October. Um, our listed debt our pipelines for both the listed equity is quite significant. Those are already signed up. So we expect to do three fairly large listings between now and November. And then on the debt side, we've got three committed programs that will also take place between now and November. Um, the, the balance of our pipeline, that's, that's looking fairly healthy. Um, I, I have to say, I think in a post-COVID world now, I think there's quite a lot of work being done in terms of companies looking outside of banks for their, their ongoing financing. And at the same time, there's also a lot of work being done around looking at their balance sheets and, and how they want them to look. Um, we specifically planned the launch to happen at the end of September. We wanted the Cape Town Stock Exchange to launch as we were going into summer, and we're hopefully putting the, the throes of COVID behind us. And um, I'd like to sit on the sunny side of Cape Town Mountain over the, 
over the next six months. And um, yeah, our, our, our trajectories, it's looking healthy, it's looking upbeat, and yeah, we're looking to bank on, on the Cape Town Stock Exchange delivering us that last mile. Very good indeed. Sorry, Broderick. I was wondering whether my co-host there has a final question. Not a final question, but a final observation. I think you're very brave, Eugene, because most people would say it's like the buggy whip, buggy whip uh, scenario. You're going into a market that is shrinking in South Africa. The JSE has lost hundreds of companies over the years, and here you are going into a shrinking environment. But I would like to look at it from an optimistic point of view and say the fact that you're going in there may well arrest that uh, decline and make it um, arise again. So that's that's my final comment, Bronwyn. Eugene, I just... I, 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 I would like to leave you with the, with the thought, uh, Lindsay, which is I, I realize there may be a sense of decline in some of the other markets and the other exchanges, but if we take it from the perspective of the alternate exchanges or the, 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 the newcomers over the last three years, we've only seen a net growth in underlying listings. So for us, that's the trajectory we look at. And um, yeah, I, it's, our expectation is not that it comes at the expense of the JSC, but it comes at the, it comes at the expense of a better opportunity. So. Well, Eugene, we look forward to following your story closely here on the Nielsen Network. And I just love the way that it rolls off the tongue. So I'm going to outro by saying Eugene Boyson, the CEO of the Cape Town Stock Exchange. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Nielsen Network. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organization, employer, or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision, and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.